106.5 WFMP, this is Community Control. Now, the show seeking democratic, community-controlled public institutions with a particular interest in the U.S. policing apparatus. I'm your host, Vincent Gonzalez. Doing 50 in the 35. Michael T, man, say what's up to the people. Que pasa? Yo, yo, yo. Also, back from the Chitlin circuit, we got our <laughs> dear brother, uh, K.A. Owens, in the building here. Uh, hardest working man in show business. Uh, how many how many shows you got so far here? Uh, I just have two radio shows. Oh that's, man, um, two two radio shows. I'm just a, I'm just a dusty brother from the hood trying to do good. That's all. I can dig mm-hmm. it, man. Right on. So we this is the part two of we were touching on Corey Bush, the representative out of Missouri in uh, the federal level of Congress, put forth. A People's Response Act. All right, this is a health-centered, holistic approach to public safety by making a public safety division. And uh, the uh, main thing that we advocate on this show, democratic community-controlled policing, that is uh, some of those elements would be uh, created in that and looking at things from a public health perspective. So that means mental health, substance abuse, peer support, all these different mm-hmm. uh, spears as we see them. We uh, touched on uh, what that could look like mm-hmm. for the movement. Does that move towards uh, an abolitionist and or a progressive reform strategy? Mm-hmm. And uh, just wanted to kick back into it here. Mm-hmm. So... Looking at some of the co-sponsors of the bill, mm-hmm. you got the squad. Mm-hmm. All right, so Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez out of uh, the Bronx. Democrat. Yep. New York. New York Democrat, New York. Um, we got uh, Rashida Tabi yep. out of, uh, that's in Michigan. Yes, Democrat from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Presley. Ayanna and, Presley. Yes, from uh, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Democrat from Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Representative Elon Omar Ilan. from uh, uh, this, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota, right? Yeah, yes. she's she's in that pretty uh, uh, large district. I think adjacent to Minneapolis, or so I think she I think she mostly touches Minneapolis, St. Paul here. So members of the squad mm-hmm. on that front, mm-hmm. um, who. They posit themselves within the fold of uh, DSA, mm-hmm. Democratic Socialists of America. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of uh, movement? You've you've been on this uh, pretty hot and early here. What sort of movement you think they got? It's hard to say. Um, I mean, all four of them, of course, are um, pretty popular and controversial. I think they... Uh, much to the chagrin of a lot of right-wingers, they uh, have pretty big followings. Um, you know, um, during the siege of the Capitol, um, it was discovered that some of our most reactionary Congress people were actually promoting their deaths. Oh, my goodness. You know, I remember um, a poster uh, that was brought out during the uh, hearings on the uh, the siege, and they showed that uh, you know they had, their their faces were on 
wanted posters. I mean, these are, 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 are um, popularly elected public officials. Yeah. yeah. And some of these Republican Congress people were collaborating with, you know, many of these, uh, you know, insurrectionists to advocate the death. Now, that should be something right there that should have, you know, either gotten them stripped of their offices or perhaps even locked up. So it seems like some sort of handshake deal they got going on with uh, reactionary forces Mm -hmm. that are adjacent in that party. They swept up some of the far right in there. But other members, their fellow congresspersons are in on the take. Yeah, and it's no coincidence that all four of these sisters are... Sisters of color. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, it's too, uh, too on the nose, if you will. You, uh, Barney Fife, would have uh, maybe had to put that in a in a lost episode or something, <laughs> you know. So it, so <laughs> okay. this is but this is what we're faced with here, and uh, they have some struggles within their own party. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, the. Uh, it's particularly in the Congress, uh, their leadership, uh, from whatever Beltway discussions any uh, political news junkies can hear, you hear that many times they, you know, some of the things they want to advocate, they, they fall on, de- uh, you know, many type of, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they don't really have a big say-so in the matter. So, uh, some reports say it's it's about uh, they've they've uh, I'm thinking of the head here uh, out of San Francisco. Um, her name escapes me. Pelosi. Yes. Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Um, she's speaker of the house. Yes, yeah, speaker of the house. Uh, she's made some affronts to their funding and them being able to stave off it. I think one of the toughest things with that in the House of Representatives, you got two years, and most, uh, I know Brother K.A., you've been on the campaign trail a few times, that uh, that representative spot is such a, a, a tough one because most of your second year is spent, uh, you know, financing. <laughs> Campaigning. You know, to get, huh? <laughs> get back on the trail, you know. And there's been some some light talks about possibly extending that, I mean, even by a year. So they have some inherent things going against them. Mm-hmm. And that's a structural limitation because, you know, the nature of politics in this country, I mean, it's all tied in with campaign financing. So it makes you spend so much of your time in office soliciting for funds. I've even heard that as soon as these folks win, like the next day, they're campaigning to get money for the next election. Yeah, I think I saw something with uh, AOC where she stated many hours of her time where she should perhaps be working with the constituency and trying to figure out, enact any sort of legislation she can put on the floor. Mm-hmm. He said, many of our hours are spent calling donors. 
Mm. Well, the House of Representatives was designed to be, quote unquote, the people's house. It was designed to be perfect. That is uh, more responsive to the people. That's why it's set up in the two year terms. And the Senate has the six year terms, which is less responsive because you you only got uh, they've got six years to to, uh, they're there for six years no matter what you do. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. not directly responsive to the moods of the people. Mm-hmm. So it, it was designed that way by the founding fathers, yeah. for good or for ill. Well, mm-hmm. Not everything the founding fathers did was was bad, uh, but of course, some of it was. Uh, this is yeah. And so we can. That's a whole this, other this discussion. Was, well, this. Yeah. I mean, we can get into it a little bit. Yeah. The whole um, will of the people versus the established two states persons thing was. Based in white supremacy, you know. The Senate is anti-democratic because uh, a states with with 10 million population Mm -hmm. has just as much say as a state with a... uh, Twenty yeah, million pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, I heard yeah. they based a lot of that on the British model of the House of Commons, which would be our House of Representatives and the House of Lords, which would be our Senate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you know, seeing the interconnecting institutes that go with that, you know, there's different challenges that are put forth here. I don't. Reckon or recall, and maybe it's early in the legislative record here. I don't think the squad. What? What? Has there been any legislation that the squad has been able to get off the ground and pass with, uh, you know, for the most part remaining intact? Mm, that's a good question. Now I do know that uh, supposedly uh they figured in you know some of their legislation was woven into or bits and pieces of it woven into this recent uh uh what's the name of this thing biden was promoting well the feeling is that the architects of it that is uh john yarmouth from louisville i mean i've heard some people say that uh you know, that John Yarmouth is just another old white guy. And, well, that's just not true in the sense that uh, this old white guy is uh, the chair of the House Budget Committee. So that's a, a very powerful position. Mm-hmm. And so as the architect of the budget, what uh, what Yarmouth does, that is he has to mollify enough people, moderates, progressives, to get a piece of legislation through. So it's his job to structure a piece of legislation so there's enough in it so that, uh, uh, you know, quote-unquote moderates, whatever that means, plus Mm -hmm. quote-unquote progressives, whatever that means, Mm -hmm. uh, will vote for it when in the structure of the bill. And so, and then, of course, uh, uh, if it initiates in the House, it has to go to the Senate as well. So the question is, is there enough in this infrastructure bill? That's the bill I was thinking of. And uh, and in the... and the new, uh, the other budget bill that's coming up soon to to mollify everybody. Uh, there will be some strong d- d- discussions, and then time will tell. It's hard to read these bills uh, line by line. Uh, you more or less have to go to sort of 
you know, perhaps uh, some journalistic sources to kind of shortcut that process or mm-hmm. go to the congressperson's website to see what it is that they're they're saying about Make it. Make it sausage, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I tell you this, these right-wingers who think they know what's in the bill, mm-hmm. they have, uh, you know, if you listen to their stations, they have been pointing out that this whole thing has been engineered by the squad and the Green New Deal is laced through all of it now. I'm not so sure that that is and like happening. like like Mitch McConnell's <laughs> going to vote for the the Green New Deal. Yeah, yeah. Here's what here's what they're talking about, folks. In the infra- infrastructure bill that just passed, uh, the white people in Northern Kentucky will get a new bridge and not have to pay tolls. Mm. Uh, that's what that's what we're talking about. Mm. And so the Chamber of Commerce has said in today's paper they're very happy with that bill, and they wish Senator Paul had voted for it. Mm. That's what they're saying because Rand Paul didn't vote for it. Uh, so uh, that's what we're talking about. And they're even saying that there may be some money in the infrastructure bill mm-hmm. so they could reduce the tolls on the bridges in Louisville. Mm-hmm. As you know, we built our bridges with tolls because uh, the, the powers that be wanted to have the bridges. The only way we get them built was with tolls. The white people in northern Kentucky, they didn't want to pay tolls. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what I've noticed, and not to deviate too much and to get yeah. back to our original topic, that uh, there is a breach within the right-wingers, uh, whereas some of them are coming out against McConnell Right, because uh, most of them, they do not like this bill at all. The hardcore they say right. they yeah. don't like it, and they and they're mad. You know, this is this is what they're saying. You know, in their broadcast, that uh, McConnell has betrayed them, right, in going along with it because they wanted to. They they you know a lot of them do not want this bill passed at all for whatever good might they be in it. They say they don't, okay. but let me tell you something. They are very happy to get a new bridge built without having to to pay tolls. No, I'm talking about right wingers nationally. I'm just saying, nationally, not the local they, people. They say that is, you know, it's kind of like uh, the like the Republicans in the uh, in the Senate and the House in Kentucky. Uh, they hate all the liberals, but don't you think they're happy to have that Biden money come into Kentucky? No, no, I wasn't talking about. Yes, uh, they are. I'm not talking about the yes, local right wingers. Okay, yes, I'm they are. I'm talking about the ones outside the state. Some yeah, of them, yeah, are opposed to McConnell. See, Mike, Mike stays on the intel side of things. He, yeah, he yeah. listens and, to. Uh, and, 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 I know what not, they're saying, and not dis- yeah. not disputing what you're yes. saying about the right wingers here in the state who yes. want that. I'm saying that there are some right wingers, particularly Mark Levin, who's one of their biggest yes. mouthpieces. He is. You could probably turn it on the radio right now. Yes. He's denouncing McConnell because they feel like. Well, actually, they got mad with McConnell because he went along. You know, he criticized Trump. Mm-hmm. And went along, you know, with the uh, uh, the electors, you know, in um, you know, uh, right before the siege, or and after the siege, McConnell went along with that, mm-hmm. and they were hoping that McConnell, you would have stuck with Trump, you know, one hundred percent. And we know McConnell, you know, he's a pathetic right winger, but 
he kind of deviated from that. And this is no endorsement of McConnell at all. <laughs> because yeah. McConnell does not want a civil war because things are going so well for the people that he represents. Oh. He understands a civil war would, would actually mess things up. Now, Rand Paul will say anything to get reelected mm-hmm. in spite of the fact it might incentivize people who don't know any better into acts of violence. He just doesn't care. Okay. And so now, uh-huh. I, let's talk about what people well, say. Before, Hold on. Wait, before, wait, wait, wait. Before wait. we do that, let me... Uh, Shoot a drop here. Uh, you are listening to 106.5 WFMP, Community Control Now. Vincent Gonzalez, Michael T, K.A. Owens. Now, what you got to say about this here? What, what, should, what, what are they going to put up with? And, and have they ever shown a record to uh, stand against these repressive systems? Well, here's the thing. For what people say on the right and what people do and what people really want are two different things. That is, for instance, Senator Rand Paul, sort of uh, one of the deniers of the dangers of COVID-19. Yes. But it turns out his wife invested in stock in a pharmaceutical company for Remdesivir. Mm. So, you know... And, of course, he's saying that, well, she bought that stock with her own money, whatever that means. I didn't even know she had a job. But uh, 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 The role so, of capital in all of this. Yeah. So they're a bunch of hypocrites. So, so what I'm saying is what they say. So Rand Paul sort of downplays the significance of COVID, says, I, says even though he's, he's not getting the shot, mm-hmm. he's saying you don't have to get the shot, you don't have to wear a mask, all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, yes. the same time, his wife is buying pharmaceutical stock in remdesivir, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, the efficacy of remdesivir is, is somewhat... Uh, but anyway... That's she, a bonus feature here uh, for the so, DVD. Uh, 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 <laughs> so at the same time, she's buying stock in a pharmaceutical that's alleged to uh, 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 help yeah. with uh, COVID-19. You see, you see how it's all interwoven. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, shout out to Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. He mm. had a beautiful quote that, uh, you know... Everybody has a price, you yeah. know, and we see how how capital and and those who seek to amass these wealths, uh, they you know they they lock hand in hand, you know. So currently, just to, for review, recap, we got uh, the party that uh, is basically anything that resembles reform, benevolent solutions, holistic lenses towards. Our current uh, mass incarceration system, they don't want any part of it. None whatsoever. They may want some pork barrel in the back room cut, mm-hmm. you know, that, that checks uh, the, the, the ink's drying on that. But we know that, you know, among other things, they're beholden to their base. Mm-hmm. And anything that looks like, and let's go ahead and say it, Anything that looks like a, a benevolent solution to a person of color mm-hmm. or, or an economically depressed person, they want no part of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you have another party on the federal level that sees that that's untenable mm-hmm. and uh, posits itself as putting forth solutions mm-hmm. to uh, address these ills, but. Um, do they go far enough? Many of these uh, people, you know, this this uh, 
you have a party that the Democratic Party that uh, hangs its banner on being a working class party uh, through their policies. And then does this one of them does that do their policies endorse that? Well, I think you just laid out the uh, contradictions of our two-party system. Yeah. Uh, they're hypocrites and they're duplicitous. I think that's what we're saying. And uh, the bottom line is that, um, you know, they don't mean the working class and poor people well. Yeah. But, um, unfortunately, due to social forces being what they are in this town, uh, nationally, internationally, we do not have the cadre forces to present uh, any solution that will, will be given seriousness on that level. This uh, Cori Bush uh, legislation that she put forth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I personally see that as uh, a step in the right direction. Yes. But Time will tell any sort of uh, twist and turns. And based on the precedence that we see these things on, um, you know, if I held my breath that long, mm-hmm. I don't know how much breath I have mm-hmm. in me. I, I might have and just for our listeners, uh, the, the legislation you're referring to is called the People's Response Act. Yes, thank you. And... Um, uh, we have a list of uh, a bunch of here. Yeah, I, I wanted to touch on that. But I want to see, so, okay, within that structure of government and bureaucracy, mm-hmm. you know, we, we touched on a little bit some of the uh, back and forth, some of the angles and perspectives, mm-hmm. their strengths and weaknesses. Uh, are there outside forces as they lie mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, uh, are endorsing this, that see this... Uh, in goal of abolition, as this bill states, do we have anybody of, uh, of any sort of metal who's on this thing? Who co-sponsors it yeah, or endorses yeah, yeah. it? Yeah, well, we got, some, we got some outside organizations here. Yeah, well, um, God, let's just um, cite some of them. Yeah, let's, and, give uh, out, let's give out some shout-outs here. Yeah, and maybe we can uh, either bring on some of these people in the future or yeah. um, you know get some statements from any of them, but... Um, yeah, I'll read a few, and maybe you can read a few. Yeah, uh, we'll read a few, and then I'd like to uh, give an excerpt from uh, one of the forces that's on the front lines here. Okay, how much uh, time do we have? We're we're working with about uh, eight minutes or so, okay. so let's just, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll throw it around here just to okay, well, give out some shout-outs here, gain, maybe gain some solidarity okay. to all our dear listeners. Okay, well, um, uh, the partial list of endorsers of the... People's Response Act, um, or the Drug Policy Alliance, Human Rights Campaign, the American Civil Liberties Union, uh, Civil Rights Corps, the Color of Change, Southern Poverty Law Center Action Fund, the Human Impact Partners, HIP, Treatment Advocacy Center, uh, Real Justice Network, Basilon Center for Mental Health Law, the Movement for Black Lives, Black Lives Matter, the Bail Project, the Center for Popular Democracy, the National Immigration Project. And going further down here, you got groups as diverse as Greenpeace USA. Yes. The National Black Workers Center. 
Mi Gente, mm-hmm. which is a Latinx organization. I've thrown that with them in the past. Shout out to Mi Gente. Mm-hmm. Uh, Equal Justice Under Law, Promise of Justice Initiative, Move On, the National Center for Law and Economic Justice, mm-hmm. the Law Enforcement Action Partnership, Youth Over Guns, and what's referred to as ACRE, the Action Center on Race and Economy. I didn't list all of them, and those aren't uh, everyone here, but it seems to be a diverse plethora. And, the, of, and uh, they're showing up for racial justice. Group. Oh, yeah, let's shout that. out. Yeah, shout yes. out to uh, Carla Wallace here yes. and her forces. And um, this is uh, Surge, one of the strongest um, chapters of that force here. So we look some serious cats out here, man, that are, that are hanging their hat on this. Mm-hmm. Um, one in particular that uh, I wanted to read an excerpt from, mm-hmm. the Party for Socialism and Liberation. They uh, have some endorsements in regards to police abolition. Just reading a quick excerpt here. We got about five minutes. And it says here, the Party for Socialism and Liberation stands for the overthrow, dismantling, and complete replacement of the core institutions of the capitalist state which are the special bodies of armed men, namely the police, prisons, military, and courts. This core of the capitalist state cannot be reformed into a neutral body. It must be abolished by means of a revolution. So they're coming in hot here, uh, this endorsing different things. You see a, a wide plethora of perspectives of how we handle this social ill of how persons are policed in this uh, country goes on to state the sprawling U.S. prison system is the largest in the world accounting for 25% of the world's prisoners with only 5% of the world's population this vast and sophisticated network of organized violence and coercion exists to defend the private property interests and power of the capitalist class it is not designed to maintain personal safety or fight crime as claimed by the media, school system, and political elite. So, they got some groups out here who are linking some of the ills and the roles of capital next to, and we've touched on this in other episodes, how these policies are enacted and how we exist and thrive in, in our societies. So, couple more minutes left. Uh, will the sun come out tomorrow? What's, <laughs> what are we looking at here? You know, I mean, do, we, do we have, I mean, I just listed, we just listed off about 20 different organizations here. Well, let me know on time. Here's, here's what's really going on. Uh, how, what FDR did, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, he saved capitalism for 100 years, and Joe Biden is trying to save it for the next 100 years. And he will do it, too, if people will get out and get out of his way. Now, whether or not the American version <laughs> yeah. of you know, democracy slash capitalism needs to be preserved another 100 years, that's another, another whole other show. Uh, so there's that. And so the Biden administration is going to give you something uh, that is, for instance, right here in Louisville, there's already a, a police officer already pled, a Louisville Metro police officer in the past couple of weeks pled guilty to a crime of assaulting a protester. That's what you're getting out of the Biden Department of Justice, pled guilty to a felony 
for a son. Now, hold on. And so with all this, there's going to be money coming down. It's going into people's pockets. And so the question is, is what Biden is doing, is that going to be enough to satisfy people or do people want, need and desire more? We'll find out. Yeah, I know I desire more. Much yeah, more. <laughs> I mean, this, you know, but once again, going, let me looking at mm-hmm. the precedence of these things and, you know, people advocating for solutions that they see to, you know, in the suffering for so many people out here. You know, we know in particular in this case, Joe Biden was on the side of segregationists with no uh, denouncement, heavy throated denouncement. Of that uh, past, and, and uh, unfortunate for him, when you live a public bureaucratic life, you're you're under a microscope, and mm. that hot mic will always, you know, burn you <laughs> a few times, you know. So, I mean, Lucy got some explaining to do a little bit, I think. So, you like you said, uh, the next episode of Batman. Let's see if we can get some stuff here. We got one more minute. Shout outs. We want to keep up the same energy. Mm-hmm. Black August. Free all political prisoners, all oppressed people all mm-hmm. over this world. Mm-hmm. Um, any other final shout outs here before we roll out? Well, I just want to make the, you know, in reference to what my brother K.A. said, uh, Biden recognizes that black people got him in office, not white folks. So whatever good he is doing, is probably based on that. Hey, that's a three-part episode of Charles in Charge, <laughs> I think. Brother K.A., thanks for coming on. You got anything for us here just to sign off? Uh, well, as we live in an exciting time in history. Uh, will there be a civil war? Uh, will uh, Joe Biden save capitalism? Uh, uh, <laughs> hey, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Community control now. Let's get free.